Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Our favorite snack from our favorite female aviator. Avinola packs so much flavor that there are endless possibilities of concoctions that you can make with this granola. You guys, we are talking about recipes like mini keto cupcakes, tropical avinola collagen smoothies, buckwheat avinola cakes, avinola parfaits, and even chocolate granola bark. Go to the avinola Instagram page at avi under slash foods under slash co. That's at avi under slash f-o-o-d-s under slash c-o to get your hands on these recipes and order yourself some delicious granola made by a female aviator use code pilots pandemic for 15 percent off your order Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Pilots Pandemic Podcast. We are here solo dolo today. (laughs) Just (laughs) me and my girl, me and my girl. And we are doing this. But when you hear this, just know that this was recorded on Wednesday, June the 7th. 7th, Okay. So this is a turn and burn. 12 o'clock Western time or Pacific. Four o'clock Eastern. So, yeah. Yeah. We're really trying to whip this one out. Um, And you'll probably know why if you've read the episode title and or description by now. But before we jump into all this big news, of course, we just want to like give you some life updates. Um, I I almost drowned this week (laughs) i was drowning in my own home in my own apartment no i'm just kidding y'all so a very very scary thing happened to me as a first time renter i was trying to do some laundry and i discovered that my air conditioner like the compressor the part where the freaking condensation comes out and drifts into a pan was all fucked up. Basically, the people that came and installed it did like a really terrible job. My maintenance man was like, yeah, they did not know what they were doing. Anyways, so because of this fault, I had just cups and cups and cups of water spilling out onto my floor in the closet in my laundry room. It took me a while to discover this. I don't know how long this has been going on. It could have been going on for two months, maybe. Like whenever we decided to turn back on the AC, which has been about two months. So yeah, I don't know how long this problem has been going. But basically, I had water coming up through my floors in my apartment, which was extremely scary. I thought I was going to have to leave. It was honestly very traumatizing until the maintenance man came and he was like oh yeah like this has been a problem well I can fix it we're just gonna leave the fan and let your floor dry out so all is well now but for a second there I was a little bit scared I was actually very very scared I was so scared that I didn't even I couldn't even cry all I could do was laugh I feel like you handled it pretty well because you Emma called me and I was like wow like 
you seem like you're in good spirits for such a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) And the maintenance man came to your rescue. I'm glad he, he helped and made everything better, but yeah, that was a nightmare for sure. Yeah. I just think, um, I think life recently has thrown so much, so many curveballs that at this point, like this just wasn't even the sprinkles or the icing. Like we've already eaten the cake, you know what I mean? So this just honestly was the least of my worries. And I think why I was able to stay so Zen is the fact that I do not own this apartment. We rent. And at the end of the day, like this isn't my fault. And I am not paying to fix it. So, you know, there's that. Yes. And it all worked out, I think, because you stayed so calm that everything happened really well for you. Yep. Shouted. Uh, <laughs> um, did you want to talk about visiting home and how that went? <sighs> you know, honestly no <laughs> there's just not much it to say so it, went, it went great like I had a great time I had to go back to my mom's this week I really I wish that I could like discuss why but life has been a roller coaster for me folks the fact that we even put out an episode last week was uh, a miracle like David Lasko was alive inside of me editing that episode <laughs> because it was just I had the most psychotic week last week the week before that was crazy the week before that one was crazy the week before that one was crazy and I'm getting to that point like I said when this shit happened with my floors I honestly I had no more tears left to cry like there's just nothing at this point that can phase me but I did have to go home for some unfortunate events but out of those unfortunate events you know we we became enlightened and also my mom's house is just super fucking zen and i hate to use the f word when we're talking about something so magical but there's just <laughs> a zen vibe at my mom's she's got like this huge 200 gallon fish tank that i could probably sit there and watch all day she's got a beautiful front porch she's always gardening and planting plants so it's just like a little oasis and also Raleigh's fun because there's so many walking trails. I was able to hang out with my brother. Um, I took my dog with me, Moose, and he had a blast because he loves Gigi's house, is what we call it. <laughs> and when I say that, he f- goes absolutely ape shit. But he's got his little buddy there, his uh cousin or brother, whatever have you, um, at my mom's. So the dogs hang out, we hang out, everyone's having a good time. So yes, it was very relaxing, but I wish that I didn't have to go home for the reasons that I had to go home. I wish I was just going home just to go home. I know it's stressful. It adds on to that, that stress you've been talking about, but Hey, everything worked out. No one died just FYI. So no, yeah. thinking that worst case, <laughs> but everyone is alive and semi well. Yes. <laughs> Mm. But go into what you've been up to, because I feel like your life recently has been much more exciting and a lot more happier than mine. So I feel like only exciting because I'm flying and and you love flying, too. So, yeah, that's definitely been the change in my day to day is getting at least two flights in a week. So um, I just recently got to fly with my husband, Jesse, 
which was the first time that we've flown together with me actually getting a little bit of flight time in too. But it was so funny because we had talked about, Jesse's like, okay, I'm going to let you do this, that, and the other, and we're going to practice this and, and all of these things. And then when we get up, Jesse flies probably 85% of the time. So <laughs> I barely got to fly at all. I was like, babe, you're like a little plane hog. Like, let me fly a little bit. But I think he he really wanted to do that for himself. Like him flying GA is such a joy for him. Um, and it's so different from being flying at the airline that like he was like a little kid in a candy shop. And so for me, I was like, I don't really care because I he was so happy. It was like fun to watch him fly. And um, it was it's interesting because he's not also like familiar with the aircraft because he hasn't flown it for a while. So and we were flying glass cockpit, which I don't fly with that when I'm training. I usually do six pack. So uh, I'm not used to seeing the glass, obviously. So I didn't really mind that he was flying the whole time, but he also kind of needed the practice, honestly. Yeah. Girl, was- I have never flown with an airplane that has glass. And I honestly would like, it's my boomer moment. <laughs> I think it's a boomer moment for everyone who just starts with a six pack because it's just like so foreign. But then like once you get used to it, I think um, I was talking to some flight instructors when I was just recently at Aviation Day and they said like, honestly, once you get used to it, like everything is right in front of you instead of you having to look at the six pack the whole time. Like, you know, like it's all central. So that's nice. But yeah, I felt the same. I feel like a boomer when I'm looking at everything because I'm like, what the fuck? I just feel like so woo woo because I'm like, I just don't trust that shit. <laughs> Them computers. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's true, though. But I like that Um, in a way, like the old school can cross over with the technology as well. So it was fun. Um, We are actually going to go again. I think we are going the 12th. So next week, me and Jess will go up. We'll see how that goes that'll be fun Um, this time you just gotta be like my controls i know i will probably do touch and goes this time i wonder if he'll let me land we'll see he's just not used to training because he hasn't done it in a while like obviously it's flight instructor but like he hasn't been in the right seat for a little bit so i think it's nerve-wracking for him (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We don't want to ruin this airplane, and also we're running an aircraft, so like liability and everything. Um, But I think he'll let me fly around a little more and let me do some more maneuvers and stuff, which will be good. Um, And obviously, I picked up some things from him just flying. I was watching him, and now that I know what he's doing, it's easier for me to kind of like add that into my repertoire of like what I'm doing. So that was fun. But um, we also just did Aviation Day down at SeaTac airport, Jesse actually headed the hangar. So he was like in charge of a lot of what was going on. So that was kind of cool to see him in his element. Cause I don't get to see him at work too much. Um, and then his mom also works for corporate over there. So she was in charge of it. It was like a family affair. And, uh, I just love like seeing all the kids and there's a bunch of scouts there. Uh, it was scouts. So Yes, a ton of Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts. We love it. BSA, yes. big sassy ass. They were so funny, though, because, like, every time I asked them, because I was in charge of, like, the GA, volunteering there, and doing pre-flights, so I'd send them with a pilot. they do a pre-flight around a plane. So every time I asked them, like, 
hey guys, are you here for a pre-flight? They just like stood and there like with a blank stare, didn't say anything. And I literally was like, do you guys talk? <laughs> and then finally they would say something. I was like, somebody needs to work on their their communication skills with the, with the Boy Scouts. It was like literally just the Boy Scouts who were doing that. I, you know, they, that's a thing these days that I've noticed through serving is some people just really don't know how to speak up. And I don't even know if it's like the younger generation. I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I have noticed sometimes I'll go up to tables and typically it is a group of younger people. And you'll ask like a very simple question, like, what can I get you guys to drink? And all of them are just like silent. (laughs) Yeah. Like no answer. You're like, um, uh, do you talk? <laughs> it's so awkward. And little kids do that a lot, like a lot. Um, there's, there's a weird age between like, I would say seven and 13, where you hit this. Some of these kids go through like an awkward mute phase. Um, <laughs> yeah. forget they have a voice. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sometimes when you're that age, it's like, do you really have anything worthwhile to say? But in this case, it's like, yes, you can either say yes or no. Those are super simple. Nod your head, blink your eyes. I need to see the action. (laughs) Other than that, the kids were great. They had a lot of fun. Um, And then I got to actually try out the simulator for the 737. That That was awesome. I've never done a flight simulator so I thought it was cool. Was it hard or like easy? Did it feel like easy to control? Jesse was in the right seat and I was <laughs> in the left. So he, that, I was trying to, because I was just uh, pitching for landing. And so I was like trying to feel, but Jesse was helping me. And they turned off the like rocking of the simulator because I think they don't want people to get sick in there. Yeah. So when I landed, I didn't even know that we were like landed on the ground. <laughs> Oh, I was like, wait, what? Oops. Landed? <laughs> and then I taxied and taxi, you don't taxi with rudders um, on the 737. It's the tiller. So it's just like this little thing that you, um, it's kind of like trim on the left side, but you don't I've seen that before. It. It's like a wheel. Yeah. It's like a wheel, but my, it's same as rudder control, like really minor movements or else you're like turning really quickly so I was like zigzagging so much before I got the hang of it and that made me sick texting on the ground in the sense no I was like okay I'm done I don't need to do this (laughs) but other than that it's fun to do it with Jess we had a good time every single time I've tried to fly like the sim it just it doesn't work out for me Do you, have you tried it just flight simulator? Doesn't work out for me. Not the video game, but I the one of the flight schools that I used to go to, they had two or three simulators. They were like the um just the computer ones, and then yeah. one of the schools I went to had the Redbirds, and so I've tried those before. But all of them, like, there's something about it that they're really, really hard to control. Like it, it it's very hard to maintain, like stable flight I, mm. I don't know what it is about it and i don't know if it's because i was using it during my ifr training so it was a little bit different with like the simulated instrument but something about it just really really threw me off especially takeoff and landing like i felt like i could not control the son of a bitch but huh. i haven't tried a I flight like- simulator at my flight school i know they have it but i'm like 
do I want to pay for some time or do I just want to pay for actual Dude. flight time? So. In my experience, sim is such a waste of freaking money. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I, I could want- see where it's beneficial for certain things. Maybe I'm just aloof I think- and missing the point, but... <laughs> For flight sim that I do at home, flight simulator, I started using it just to practice my pre-flight to get used to the controls and what each switch is and the names of the switches and all of that. I think it's helpful for that. Um, And I think if I had all the controls, like actual rudder pedals and actual aileron, you know, like all those things, like... um or yoke, uh, then it would make a difference, but I don't have any of those things. So I'm just like flying with my little four computer things. Uh, I can't name yeah. them right now because my mind's blanking, but <laughs> it's just like, it doesn't cross over to actual flying. So I think maybe just learning like the the six pack and, and the names of those things and then like pre-flighting, it, it works, but I don't know for actual flying. I don't think it, it helps so much unless you have all the actual controls. Yeah, I can't speak on the flight simulator game just because I've never used it. It looks like so much freaking fun. But as far as like the simulators that we've used at our school, they are, I wouldn't say they're bad. Like it's a great training tool, but I just personally not a fan. Yeah. But anyways, we're going to move on to the meat and bones and heart of this episode it's a very good episode i feel like we never get to do an episode like this yes we well that's because change never really happens i guess we (laughs) never have even done an episode like this i think the only like we've talked about obviously the fa talking about mental health and and speaking on it but not actually making any changes so it's it's nice to actually have some good news some actual changes that have happened and things that we've been advocating for. So there has been two articles that come have come out about the FAA's aeromedical changes. So we're going to highlight those today. And I think we really wanted to highlight it because a lot of the things that they've changed have been fulfilling the three pillars that we've been advocating for, which are to lower the cost of the special issuance process, to provide a more efficient process, um, reducing the time it takes to go through the SI process. And then the last pillar, um, the most important one, I think, is to have a more transparent system that allows the aviator to safely disclose. So every one of those pillars was fulfilled in the last two changes that we're going to be expanding on today. Yeah, so we're going to start with the AOPA article that most of you have probably seen it's titled fa removes more aeromedical barriers for mental health concerns routine follow-up neuropsychology evaluations are no longer required wellbutrin xl approved for pilots so june 1st 2023 it says quote pilots who are taking an antidepressant will no longer have to undergo routine follow-up neuropsychology evaluations in order to continue flying the fa's office of aerospace medicine announced may 31st as part of its effort to ease mental health barriers for pilots the agency also approved another use of a medic another antidepressant medication, Wellbutrin XL. And if you've listened to this podcast, we've talked about Wellbutrin a lot before. We've had guests on the show who have taken Wellbutrin, who got hung up over Wellbutrin. Like 
Wellbutrin is a extremely, extremely, extremely commonly prescribed antidepressant. And the fact that it hasn't been on this list until now over, we know, I mean, basically it was all over German wings because mm-hmm. of that list of banned medications because that guy was taking those, which granted he was taking probably a handful of a mix of drugs when that happened. But so Wellbutrin has been heavily stigmatized at the FAA. And like I said, it is commonly prescribed. So this being approved is like monu-fucking-mental. And I know that there's still so much more to do and we're going to talk about that, whatever. But this is huge, like huge. Yeah. Um, and because we had an aviator on that we really enjoyed having on, Chris, Chris Nathan is the guest that came on and talked about taking Wellbutrin and how he had been denied and he's going through the process. It was like, it really hits home for us, I think, when we're able to see like this change may affect his um, medical and he may be able to fly again. And that just makes me so happy. And it shows us like this work is affecting change um, and people getting back into the air. So um, I think uh, I wanted to talk about our outline because these are specific things that we ask Congress for that are being targeted. So the re- like Emma said, the reason we targeted Wellbutrin because we thought it was highly stigmatized. Tons of people take it not only for their mental health, but other things. So it was something that I thought about putting on our outline. I kind of like went back and forth, but I wanted to name it because um, of our guest, obviously that Chris is the one who like popped into my head when I put this on the outline. And I was like, I think it's really important. And just like realizing over all the talks that we've had about Wellbutrin, how that the reason that it's not allowed by the FAA is purely through stigmatization through the German wings air crash. So on our pillar, we had put update the list of medications allowed by the FAA for mental health. Um, currently, there are only four SSRIs. They're Prozac, Zoloft, Selex, and Lexapro. Um, and the medical profession widely prescribes more than these four SSRIs and have been proven to be effective. So um, we asked specifically Wellbutrin to be put on there because it's been stigmatized. Um, and we, like, like I had said, these drugs are widely used in the general pu- public. So why are we not expanding the list of usable drugs when the diagnoses are not a one size fit all? So that was like something that we had specifically put on our outline. And back in February, Emma and I, and, um, our lovely stakeholder, Ann Hauser spoke with, uh, sh- uh gosh rick larson's legislative assistant sean garcia and we had a zoom meeting with him so these are the things that we covered with him so to see it kind of come to fruition um is something that like is still kind of setting in for me like i'm not realizing yeah. like how big of a deal this is but it is definitely a step in the right direction well it kind of takes me back to after that meeting we had gotten told that like our letters had hit the desk at the FAA office and that we were like, basically what was being said is like, we're a house name at the FAA. And when I'm being told things like this, I honestly just, it's like, I feel unfazed by it because I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe, but like, hmm, maybe not, you know, I just Mm -hmm. don't, 
I, I try not to internalize that. A, I don't want it to boost my ego. A, I don't want myself to feel like, oh, we've achieved something until we actually have. And B, I also, for my own mental health and sake of well-being, I cannot reminisce on the fact that my name is known in that office and probably not like the best way. We've been a pain in their left side. So I just, all of that combined, I've, I've tried not to completely digest that and metabolize that, but now it's like kind of coming back around full swing. And that's not to say that there have been so many people, this has genuinely been such a collective effort, but we know that a lot of these things that we've been asking for were some of the things that they met. So that is good progress. And I can attach that with what other people have told us and hope that we have like made a little bit of a wave in that office. So I do want to continue to read this article. So it goes, quote, the announcement comes less than a month after FAA federal air surgeon, Dr. Susan Northrup said that FAA would be, the FAA would be reducing air medical barriers for mental health concerns. The FAA reviewed a decade's worth of data removing before removing the requirement for routine follow-up neuropsychology evaluations. The FAA estimates that this change will help pilots save approximately $3,000 a year in evaluation costs. Boom, another huge fucking barrier and one of our pillars. So I, dude, I'm, I'm just, I'm beaming right now. I, it's like, I feel honestly, when we started this episode, it's like, I feel kind of drunk. I haven't drank a drop and I feel drunk. Like I'm just, this has been like Maddie said, I don't know. We've been doing this for over, it's been like two years now, right? Like it has been a minute and I felt like it would take longer than this. And to see these kind of results after the amount of work that has been put in, I don't know. I'm just... I'm over the moon. I am over the moon. I I think because we've been doing it for so long, it's easy for us to just, it's not that I'm jaded or feel jaded, but in a way I'm like, oh, change is going to take a lot longer. And Emma and I have heard this from not only guests on the podcast, but other people that we've talked to have not come on the podcast, but have told us like, you guys know that this is going to be like a slog. This is going to take years and years and years and uh, yeah, might burn out, you know, and, and those types of things, while I think that people mean well, it also thankfully invigorates Emma and I. Um, it could have gone the other way and totally just made us not want to fight for change. But I think when someone tells Emma and I that we can't do something, it just makes us fight harder for those things um so like that's why it's still hard for me to believe that this has happened because I think I too was like just expecting it to take a lot longer for the things that we were asking for um but I I know I'll move on I I do want to say say. I love a fucking hater listen (laughs) keep bringing it keep bringing it on (laughs) keep telling me how are you going to keep continuing to create content because that's how I'll continue to create content. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, it's, 
I was just like, when people say that, um, you know, we may run out of content, I'm like, I don't think that they understand how many people have been affected by the air medical system in such a negative way. Like stories come up every day. Em and I don't even have to solicit for it. Like people just come into our inbox and tell us, hey, this happened to me. So we know that people are out there and want to tell their stories. Um, yeah. It's just us, you know, making it happen, which- And um, I think- my my main goal, and you would probably agree, Maddie, is like we don't stop until everyone's story is told. Told, yeah. Like yeah. that's I I want to be the Joe Rogan and have a thousand fucking episodes, and every single it obviously won't be every single episode because we love the sound of our own voice, and we'll always <laughs> have a solo episode at least once a month. But I want people to look at those numbers and think about like and and materialize how many people have been affected by this like yeah there might be a shortage of aviation news or yeah maybe we'll get bored but just like you said there is no shortage of people who have been affected by this and there will be one out of those five people that do want to talk about it because they want to help other people so until yeah. everyone's story is told which i doubt it, it will be years i mean we might have to just like take a few breaks but like <laughs> everyone will get their spotlight and that's yes. what I told myself when I started this podcast like people when I first started it like the people that I was asking to come on they were like well why would you want me to come on I'm like because you have a story to tell like I don't care that you have 50 followers you have a story to tell I'm not in this for the clout or the the money or the gain there's nothing to gain off of this I just want everyone to have an equal opportunity to tell their story because I know how powerful that can be yeah, I love that you said that too. Like that's important to know is like our podcast guests, it's not about how many followers they have, but like truly based on like who they are as a pilot and like the story that they have to tell or even, you know, someone who's been affected by the air medical system, even if they're not a pilot. So, um, and you know, you get really genuine stories when you have guests like that. Um so I wanted to kind of touch too on the outline for the cost pillar. So can you guys hear that? Can you hear I that? can. I don't know what it is. It's it sounds a little bit like like a construction. Like, <laughs> because that's I don't know. I can't see, but I know something's happening. My windows are open. I'll close one and see if it gets better. Um, it's not it's not like too distracting i mean okay. compared to some of the freaking audio issues we had i'm really not worried about it <laughs> i closed the window closest to me so it should kind of die down um but anyways i wanted to touch on the outline under the cost pillar that we advised because um this is something that they had changed so we asked to eliminate archaic testing such as the gary k cox screen as an initial test for cognitive standards and bring the testing into the 21st century if a cognitive test must be um, required um we didn't fully get that but we did get the cognitive screening reduced so there's no subsequent screening so you only have to get your cock screen on the initial special issuance and i do not know for sure what they're going to require now um for a cock screen so it may even change like your certain diagnoses they may not require it but i don't know exactly because they haven't named what you need a cock screen for exactly when it pertains to a si ssri um but we'll see 
I'm just glad that they removed all the subs subsequent cog screens because it it used to be that you would have to get one every year to maintain your special issuance. So that's a lot of money saved. Like let's just say you had to get it for five straight years. It's at three thousand dollars for each cog screen. That'd be fifteen grand. So yeah, put money back into aviators' pockets. Yes, ma'am. As they fucking should. But mm. do you want to read the the rest of the AOPA article? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm slow over here. Today. Yeah, you're good. I'm I'm, I'm in the same today. mood. <laughs> well, okay. So guys, we are recording a lot later than we usually do, and for me right now, I just. I just worked, this is not a long shift, but I worked a five hour shift, but I'm a server. And as a server, five hour shift is like you're talking to a lot of people. Okay. And you're doing a lot of things and you're carrying a lot of things and you're running back and forth. I mean, it's a lot. So I am definitely not on my A game right now, but we did really want to get this episode out this afternoon. So we apologize yes. for our slowness today. Yes. My non-upbeatness and Jesus Christ, the train, man. She never stops. <laughs> okay, so the, um, the next part of the article, which I think is amazing, um, it says, the agency also announced that AMEs can upload supporting documentation directly to the FAA. This will help physicians manage the volume of cases more efficiently while also providing greater transparency for applicants, the FAA said. AOPA has called on the FAA to modernize its, its approach to working with pilots with medical conditions that still allow them to fly safely, end quote which we love anything to bring this system into the 21st century, you know, like I feel like with all of these changes, yes, there is room for it to be better, but the fact that they're changing anything still, I just, we gotta, we gotta celebrate our wins when we get them. But I do think this is a big deal. And I think this is really, really going to help speed up the process, but so we were also able to hit on two of our advice changes by giving more power of approval to HIMS AMEs, as well as moving to a paperless system, which we just talked about. Um, part of our reduce part of our pillars is reducing time to, it takes to receive your SI. So we hit on that. Um, but yeah, last big part of changes that the AOPA mentions is quote. Earlier in May, Northrop said that the FAA would be adding seven selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRI, medications to the list of approved medications for pilots. Four SSRIs have been approved for use since 2010. Okay, pause. It is 2023, y'all. Yeah. It's been that long. It's been that long. That is just... I'm just like, whoa. But anyways, so we did happen to ask for this on our outline because like we said back at the beginning, there are so many drugs and I hate to call them drugs, what prescriptions, medications being used right now to treat a variety of things, depression, 
anxiety, et cetera, whatever your problem is, even if your Wellbutrin is used to quit smoking. So your problem might not even be a mental thing, but there are a wide variety of medications being regularly and routinely used to treat some of these mental health concerns that are not on this list. And I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but anyone who knows anyone who has open, open about a mental health struggle and getting treatment for that struggle, sometimes one medication does not work. Sometimes you need to be on two and sometimes you might have to try multiple things for it to actually work for you. So even though we have four, those, those four medications might not work for everyone. So adding more to this list is huge because not only are we opening the door for new people, but we're also allowing people to get the fucking care and treatment that they need. Um, having such a small scope on what you can use as a medication is just crazy to me. But like I said, we're adding what seven, seven. to this list. Yeah. I don't know. I wish they would, I wish they would say what they are, but they really haven't. They probably know, but they don't want to say just yet, just in case maybe one of them doesn't pass whatever trial run that they do with it. Um, But we'll see. The other thing I wanted to mention that we didn't really say, but it doesn't have to do with change or anything, but like, even if you change the dosage of your SSRI and it's the same SSRI, you have to do, you have to re-go through that six month process. So maybe that's something that we add to the outline. <laughs> I was just thinking yeah. out loud. It was like, I think that pilots should be allowed to play with their dosage a little bit if the doctor says it's okay and and not have to wait six months, you know. To six fly months is in. just such a long time. Like I feel like six weeks is way more appropriate. Like six weeks. Yeah. Figure it out until you're, because that's what most doctors say. Like for any drug, a lot of the times it's like six to eight weeks for it to completely get into your system or to get out of your system. So that feels way more appropriate. But yeah, six months is just, I'm sorry. But again, like a lot of these things are just overkill. Um, But you know what slowly else but surely. It's just thinking about how, um, backwards they were with the Wellbutrin and then all of a sudden May 31st comes around and they're like Wellbutrin is okay to use now why did they decide that Wellbutrin was okay and why did they deny pilots like like Chris and he hadn't used Wellbutrin in what eight years and they still were saying nope you're not allowed to fly and I'm just like what why were they denying people who hadn't taken that medication in years and years and years, and why did they just all of a sudden decide, boom, May 31st comes around, it's okay to use it. Like I don't know, and somebody actually commented on the reel that I posted to our page, and that's exactly what they said. Like, so why now? Like, was there some kind of, like, new information that came out about the drug? Like, why now? And... I mean, my comment back to him and what I would say to this is like, I legitimately don't know other than the fact that Wellbutrin is so commonly prescribed and has been around for forever that I think for them as for some of, you know, we know that some of these people that are working on this stuff are 
doctors, I think for mm-hmm. them to keep taking that stance is just so dumb. I, I, I just don't feel like they could do it any longer. That on top of the fact that I know so many people that have been prescribed Wellbutrin. Like yeah. Wellbutrin is one of the many Tic Tacs of antidepressants along with Lexapro, et cetera, et cetera. The Prozac being one of them as well. So I just, I I think that's got to be why. And I think, again, with the pilot shortage, the pressure is on. We're coming into a day and age where, like, I bet a lot of my generation is very well versed with what Wellbutrin is. And if they continue to hold that standard, they are, like, blocking the door for so many people. Like Chris's situation, like, eight years and to keep giving him that denial is batshit crazy. That is just nuts. Yeah. So I, I don't was know. Thinking too, it could be like they went and ran the numbers for all the Wellbutrin denials, and it was so many pilots that were they were like, we could have thousands of pilots back on the line if we just approve this. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Maybe that was like the incentive. I don't know, but I just think it's interesting. One day it's like, no, you can. You're not safe to fly, and then the next day they're like, boom, Wellbutrin's okay. So to me, it's like they were only banning that for whatever fucking reason. Who knows? But another thing is, I don't understand why they couldn't, which I guess like they don't want to say something and then not follow through because it only makes them then look worse. But it's like if you guys were working on all of this and you knew how vocal everyone was being, you could have given us a little bit more context clues than, oh, we're working on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what specifically are you working on? Like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So they don't ever want to be transparent. And I'm like, don't you guys know, like the more transparent you are, the more like people will trust you. Like, I don't know why that weed that one out, but I'm just Mm. happy that they've made the changes that they have made. Like these are massive changes that we didn't see coming um we begged for them to happen and and now they have but i i do think it's been a concerted effort obviously it wasn't just mni who made this change um i want all of our stakeholders to know i'm so grateful for writing affidavits and putting themselves in a vulnerable vulnerable spot to do that um and and pushing for reform um and just dude you and i together Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work, baby. And I'm just love happy you. for us. I love you, baby. I love you. Marriage possible. <laughs> Marriage possible. We need Mama. promise rings. We really do. I mean, I'm surprised we don't. We really need to just go get tattoos. I hate to say it, but we, <laughs> we need, need to go get tattoos. Ourselves. Yes. But I swear to God, if we get a tat, like that's like an omen. Is it a bad omen? Yeah, it is a bad omen. But- Maybe not. I mean, I'm down to get a tat. I don't know. It would have to be something that's like, maybe not like to each other, but to like something that we both love, like aeromedical reform. So I don't know. We'll think about it. But, you know, we can start with a promise ring. I love a good (laughs) mood ring. (laughs) Okay, that's what's next. That's my gift to you next is a promise ring and your birthday's coming up. So Hmm. it show is we are approaching on Leo season and I can (laughs) feel it baby i'm already starting to glow um 
Okay. We need to move on to our fun questions because although I could sit here and chit chat for forever, I do feel slightly delusional and I have to still edit this podcast episode. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if I didn't get much sleep last night, but I feel like ditzy. You know what I'm saying? Like just not, not very focused, but anyways. Well, we're moving on to fun questions. So it's a great time to feel like an airhead. Um, (laughs) Emma, are you a glass half full or glass half empty type of person? Like metaphorically or literally? Um, either, maybe both. I don't even know like how to use that metaphorically. I will say I'm a glass half full person. I'm pretty positive in my everyday thinking, even when bad things happen, like someone broke. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. See, this is what I'm talking about. I literally. You were thinking of like a glass half full. Emma, you're killing me. This is the ditziness. Okay, guys, today when I was in the dishwashing area, there was like a thing on the wall and it said dish pit closing duties. And when I looked at it, I thought it said dip shit closing (laughs) duties. I was like, why would they put that on the wall? And then I did a double take and I was like, that totally says dish pit. And I thought it said dip shit. Okay, but yeah, I get it now. Definitely glass half full. You gotta be. That's how you survive. Yes. I... I'm pretty, but I would say, Emma, I would have thought you would have been a glass half empty person. I mean, <laughs> I, I have my days. I have my weeks. <laughs> I may have a month, but you know, we, 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 we. Some days Emma is the glass half empty for sure. Um, I don't ever get that way. Surprisingly, I, you know, all the shit that's happened to me, I feel like I should be, but for the most part, like I don't freak out unless, like, I have to be in a dire circumstance. <laughs> the way you said that, a yeah. dire circumstance. Like, really dire. Like, someone has to die, basically, for me. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Honestly, well, dude, yeah, like... valid. Valid. <laughs> I just think I about know. when I busted my toe off with that 25-pound weight plate, I didn't freak out I called a few people and I was like it's gonna be okay and I like literally scooted my ass down to my neighbor's apartment knocked on his door and was like can you take me to the hospital (laughs) he's like sure (laughs) but like I feel like if I was glass half empty I would have been like shitting bricks and having a fit and thinking like my fucking foot needs to be amputated but no, I, you know, I do have, it's, it really depends on what it is. There are some situations where I'm definitely glass half full. Like the other day for floor was flooding. I said, ain't my problem. Ain't my monkey, not my <laughs> not circus, my house. <laughs> not my apartment. Um, yeah. So I just, there are certain situations, but I get like with work, like when I first started this job like I was definitely glass half empty now I'm glass half full like it really does like I overthink a lot of situations I find myself being even though I feel like a lot of people that listen to this podcast would say that I'm not a serious person but truth be told I am a very serious person I was raised very fucking strict like 
strict, 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 like to the fullest extent. So I have a very hard time bending the rules or just feeling like I'm out of line, um, which can make me feel very glass half empty. So if I feel like I'm not performing to my best ability, like the way that I feel about this podcast episode currently, I feel a little bit less half empty. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. So are you an introvert, extrovert, or ambivert? Um, amber, ambivert. Does that mean you're both omnivore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely both because I get, I, I definitely love being around people. Like if I'm alone for too long, I get very, very sad. I need my people around me, but I also do value quiet and being alone. Like one of my, one of the most beautiful things about being in a relationship after a while, when you really get each other is that silence, like homegirl said in Pulp Fiction. Okay. When you just can be silent and it's not awkward and you don't have to say anything is so beautiful because sometimes that's when I need to like recharge. Hell yeah. I agree. So, um, I would say I lean towards a more extroverted personality, but I definitely have my days where I need to be on my own. You know, like I'm not like I don't always have to be at the party or where everybody's at. I just want to be invited, but I don't need to go. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Like I'm definitely. I don't like sometimes I get FOMO. Sometimes I want to be out having fun. Like I'm, I always say like, I want to do something, but then yeah. other times I'm just, no, like y'all have fun. Like I do not want to know, no, 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 no. And I find yeah. myself like, it really depends. Like my comfort zone is very limited. I don't really like being out that late. Like at a certain point, I just. You're not point, a I just, crowd person either. Oh, no, no. It, it literally, Maddie, you know. I mean, we have been, it's funny about our relationship because we spent a lot of time in large clouds, I, crowds. I shut down like it's too fucking much. I, I can't handle it. There's something about it that is so overstimulating. It pushes me to my brink. It drains all the energy from me. Like, God bless at Sun and Fun. Like, we did exactly what we needed to do. We just sat on the couch drank and watched tv like yeah. that's what i needed i could not it's just too much sometimes like when you were here this last time when we went to the greek festival i had to get out of there had to get out of there well it i was don't know what it is too dude and i um, can't even do um like when i was young i used to love concerts i used to go to warp tour every single year you could not pay me to do something like that anymore. I don't like concerts. I really don't. Yeah. Well, like, I'm not a big concert person. I used to love them too, but I, as I've gotten older, I think it's our fucking ears, dude. Like we're auditory issues now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it hurts. I'm like, yes. get me out of here. Like, I swear to God, it's going to sound so awful, but a baby crying on an airplane make me fucking lose my mind <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard Dude, literally. I put my airpods in for the noise canceling like if any crying is going on because i'm like this is not the business if somebody uh, wants to get me a good gift that's what somebody could get me i do not have this. noise canceling anything and i think that that might be like the I'm ticket for me loops for your what birthday loops? 
you haven't seen those ads for loops they're no. um they're specifically made for people that have like well neurodivergent yes exactly i was gonna like. say adhd <laughs> <laughs> but um I think, well, I think that's what they're targeted towards, but so many people have auditory issues. Like, I didn't think I was gonna have, like, an issue with sound, but sometimes, like, I'll be watching TikToks or something on my phone, and my, uh, my, um, the, the volume's too loud, and it starts, like, piercing my ear in a way that is very uncomfortable, um, and I'm- It starts, like, fluttering. Like, I get that sometimes. weird, weird thing that it does. I don't like it. Sometimes, even when I'm on the podcasting with you- gotta turn my volume down because it's just like cinching my ear in just like the weirdest way I don't know what it is but the loops are basically like little buds like earbuds um and you put them in your ear and they made them like really cute to almost where they look like a piercing in your ear um and you just like put them in there and it's supposed to reduce the noise it's kind of like uh you know an earplug but but you can still hear I think it just reduces okay. a lot of like the outside noise so you're able to focus more on one sound rather than having a lot of sounds come in but people use them for concerts and stuff and I've seen like really good reviews about them so I'm like I need to get those for me you want to hear something absolutely psychotic sure <laughs> and I would love to share because it's something that I've thought about a lot but in Ireland when I was in Ireland all of the plugs, like all of the electricity, so like your sockets and everything, they have their own individual like switch on it. So like here in America, like at all times, like when you plug something into the wall, it's just like on, it's already on, it's already getting that electricity, the electricity is flowing to it. In Ireland, for some reason, it might be this way in a couple of other countries, but this is the first country I ever noticed this. They have these switches on everything. So when I was over there, I don't know. I never noticed it when I was over there. Obviously, I noticed that there was like a sense of quiet there that you feel sometimes when you're in Europe, but you honestly like associate it with it just being the fact that you're like somewhere away from home. Um, But when I got back, I swear to you, when I laid my head down in my bed the first night to go to sleep, and this was like literally I had only been home for maybe 10 hours, I could hear the electricity. I swear to you, I could hear electricity everywhere, and it was driving me nuts. The air conditioners, people like the the water running, everything was just, but I, I shit you not, like I, I, I was swearing up and down that I could hear the electricity. Now, granted, I was extremely jet lagged. So, <laughs> and I had COVID. So I was not, you know, you were let's just screaming. say, let's just say, yeah, I was a little <laughs> bug eyed. Um, but I could have sworn up and down that like, I could hear like this, just this, it's almost like a gray noise or a brown noise that I did not hear when I was falling asleep over there. And as crazy as it sounds, I kind of do believe it a little bit. Like, yeah. I feel like there could be some legitimacy behind that because there are definitely times when I'm watching TV or if other things are going on, or like you said, with the podcast, certain, it's like a frequency that just yeah. hurts really, really, really bad. Yep. 
that's that's how I feel when like my ears are are sensitive now they didn't used to be it's probably from me blasting my subwoofer back in the day when it was cool to have your music hella freaking loud and roll your windows down and granted I'm from a small town so like that was the fun thing to do you just like blast your music in your car and roll down the main avenue that probably fucked me up for years and that's why my ears hurt now but I also do think AirPods have something to do with it because the volume notification always comes up on my phone and I'm like, bro, like I need my AirPods in, like I need to listen to my music. Um, But I think that also probably plays into my issues. Well, I do notice when we, like, if we have, even like right now, like when I take my AirPods out, it's going to take me five minutes to adjust. Like it, it feels weird. Like, yeah, it, it's just the auditory sensory over it's just whatever yes whatever i get now like and honestly like say what you want people are probably out there listening like oh my god these girls are literally like crazy like they have (laughs) issues like actual (laughs) issues they shouldn't be allowed to fly airplanes listen motherfucker i don't have shit okay just think about when you were in the back of the car when you were like four or five years old and you kept on crying and your mom is about to lose her mind and all she wants is peace and quiet. And there's something about the noise. Like remember when your mom would come in and be like, turn that TV down. I get it now. I get it now. I get it. Oh, okay. Okay. So we kind of already touched on my third question by answering if we were introvert or extrovert. Um, But do you sincerely enjoy alone time or is it kind of like a love hate? Like if I had to pick like for the rest of my life, of course not. You know what I mean? I definitely need people around me to thrive. Like I, I've, you know, spend one or two days away from my boyfriend. And then after that, I'm like, okay, like I need companionship. (laughs) I'm about to Jesse just went on a trip and it's a five day so I have the next five days alone now he was leaving I was like day three I'm gonna get lonely I already know um but it is nice like I'm the same like I enjoy my alone time I get a lot done when I'm alone I'm able to like clean my whole house and like no one's around to mess it up which I'm grateful for but then after about the third day I'm like okay someone I need my husband to come home because I need to clean up a mess and talk to a human so yeah I Uh, also hate it at the same time the only reason I think I like alone time is like I'm gonna be so real with you like sometimes I just like to wild out when I'm by myself (laughs) you know what I mean like music on titties out just shaking them about candles lit doing what I want to do you know boobity bop boop boo and I just I love to like whenever my boyfriend is out of town and I have this apartment to myself I stay up till two o'clock in the morning just making tiktoks that'll never ever ever but she ever, never ever, posts ever post which I did post one the other day that was like very I was like I was like hmm should I should I not hmm should I should I not this is very real of me hmm should I should I not but recently I have been really trying to um, let my personality shine. And somebody commented something so nice. They were like, I like your vibe. And I was like, oh. bitch, I tell you all the time. I'm like, Emma, post your shit. You're hilarious. I love watching you. And you're like, no. But, but okay, some listen. random stranger 
gives you a fucking compliment and you're like okay I'm feeling myself it's the same way that you feel when okay like when your mom tells you you're pretty or when your boyfriend tells you you're pretty you're like yeah I know you think I'm pretty like you love me and I know you love me like genuinely it doesn't hit until a stranger says it yeah and like maybe the first year that we knew each other if you would have said something like that I would have been like oh yeah I'm fucking cool but (laughs) now like we're past that you are my sister I love you like there is like you are probably going to be the future godparent of my child like you are big (laughs) things in my life so it's just it's not that way anymore like you give me a compliment obviously I love it like I'm a Leo who what Leo doesn't love a compliment but it's like it's like okay mommy thank you yes you know it's so funny that you said that about when your boyfriend says like you're pretty because that happened to me when I was at aviation day and coming home and the elevator girl walked in and she's like I just wanted to tell you like you're so pretty and I was like oh my god oh my god just made my day and honestly it's because it came from a fucking woman first of all mm-hmm. I'm like if a girl tells me I'm pretty then I'm definitely pretty and Jesse yep. walks out he's like I tell you that all the time I'm like I know but it but you're biased like we're married you have to tell me that I'm like she didn't have to tell me that and she took time out of her day to tell me and I told her you just made my day because she did um yeah. so yeah I get it yeah. it's true yeah well you also do take time out of your day to support me and and make me feel special so I do appreciate that and don't know where I'd be without you you're welcome love you bitch okay that is it for this week's episode I am going to literally stand up after doing this let this download then upload it into anchor and I am just going to like not think about what was said we are not editing this podcast no edits. I'm not even going to listen to this episode. <laughs> it's the There's real a- raw. Dude, I think we've only done a couple of episodes like that, but I do feel confident in this episode and honestly, whatever. Like I've really I'm I really need to get to the point where I don't feel honestly, I'm just going to say it feels so insecure when we solo record, but whenever I'm vulnerable with you guys or whenever I let a little too much shine or whenever I'm feeling ditzy that day, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm just like, oof, this is cringe. (laughs) Who would actually listen to this? These people probably think I'm trash. Like, I don't know what it is, but I get so down on myself. And I'm really honestly, this year, I need to let that go because I need to start realizing that the people that love me and the people that love us love us and if they don't they don't you don't have to listen to this podcast so i just need to remember that man i really got to remember that and but i think it's also that fine line of i want people to take us seriously but i also you know i'm a 23 year old girl i'm a young girl we're your young girls i'm an old girl no but like you're (laughs) still very young started to realize that that like 20s you're actually a teenager and your 30s you're actually in your 20s <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And once you turn like 22, 23, you'll get it. Trust. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there is a part of me at the end of the day, I feel like I owe it to myself. Like I we put so much into this podcast. I should just like be myself, you know, and just let it be out in the world, out in the public. But knowing that anyone can listen to this shit is so nerve wracking. Like it's not (laughs) like social media where you can just block somebody. 
anyone in their mama can listen to this. So yeah, those are my oh, hi, um, haters. <laughs> yeah. Hello. We, we yeah. see you. We hear you. Oh, mm-hmm. I see you. We see each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget it. Um, I can see like down to the 1% and the county, the city of where people are listening. So you're not all that in the dark. Like I know I have a percent that's listening from Edenton, North Carolina. I don't have any friends in Edenton minus one. And I know she's not listening to this podcast. She has better <laughs> things to do than listen to this podcast. So that but really narrows just, it down. It really is narrowing it down. Like there's somebody there and I'm like, who are you? Cause I don't, I legitimately do not fraternize with anyone from my hometown. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. This just took a turn. This really took a turn. <laughs> just so y'all know, I got really aggressive there. <laughs> just so y'all know. All right, y'all. Emma's well, got a, a big bark and a little bite. I know. I'm like a chihuahua. Like if I was. If you were a dog. If I was a dog. Honestly, though, that is my spirit animal is a chihuahua. Like I want to say that like I'd be a bear, like an eagle or a hawk. No, I literally am a chihuahua. <laughs> yes i love that all right y'all that is it for this week's episode i love you all so much genuinely i do mean that from the bottom of my heart the people that do listen to this podcast seriously you are the best this is why we keep continuing to do what we do and this is why we have been able to share this huge fucking news with you it takes an army truly maddie and i have worked our butts off but we humbly humbly realize that without all of you this would not be possible so thank you from the bottom of my heart all right with that i guess We'll see you next week. We do have a fun episode next week. So stay tuned for that. We have a guest. I am excited for this one. Um, Yeah, that is all. Keep the blue side up and the brown side down. Bye, y'all.